0: Hi, you're listening to Recommendations from My Talker Spouse or me. I'm Jen. And I'm Wesley. So let's get started. Awfully dancey. That was more singy. You can't see me moving around. I can. Okay.
1: And you danced.
0: Dance, 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 and dance, dance, dance. Exactly. Well, it's rather fitting for this episode because we're talking about a show that has a lot of
1: dancing in it. I suppose it does. Yes, it does, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we're talking about Bridgerton. Yes. Which is... A proper, I mean, I feel like we're a bit of a slowpoke sometimes, in that everybody was kind of going crazy about this series when it first came out. Uh, when did this first come out?
1: I don't know. But I do know that until you told me to watch it, I hadn't heard about it at all. Really? So...
0: 2020.
1: Came everyone out. going crazy is... Outside of my sphere.
0: Fair enough. I think I think at least my family were going crazy about it. My Your sisters, family is British. Yes, they are. My sisters were like, oh, you should watch it, you should watch it, you should watch it. And they even said, Wes is probably the only guy out of our, you know, significant others that would probably enjoy this show.
1: Oh, and you watched it last October. I did. Because I was out of town for a week. Yes. And you binge-watched a season and a half. I binge-watched a season and a half
0: because it was so good. And then when you got back, I was like, Wesley, Wesley, Wesley. Yes. Danger zone. No, we should watch the show. (laughs) It's what I said to you. And then I sat you down and then I showed it to you and you were like, next episode? And I was like, yes, next
1: episode. Yes. I didn't binge it in a week and a half, but I did watch it relatively regularly, more or less.
0: Well, we actually got to the end, which was, you know, impressive, all things considered.
1: For us, yes. Of the first season. Of the first season. Just to be clear. There are currently two seasons out.
0: I finished the second season.
1: Okay, you finished the second, but i not. <laughs> I will not be talking of the second season.
0: No, we will be talking about the first season. And I believe we will probably mention spoilers. So, spoiler warning now, if you've never seen Bridgerton and actually care about it.
1: There will be frequent spoilers.
0: Yeah, but I guess we'll probably mention when we do big spoilers at the end.
1: I mean, we're telling them right now there's going to be spoilers. True. Yeah. For the the first season, again. I haven't seen the second season. Yeah. And for those who have read the books, which neither of us have, the first season covers the first book. Mm. I'm assuming more or less somewhat faithfully. I don't know. I really want to read the books. I'm intrigued.
0: But I guess if you haven't seen it and you have no idea what we're talking about and you don't really care about spoilers, Bridgerton is a regency drama romance with kind of a modern twist it's so like regency british i
1: suppose i would a modern,
0: modern take on it
1: when it's convenient for them
0: <laughs> okay i'm gonna del- delve into that next um okay <laughs> but but just i guess just to carry on with the synopsis and i'm gonna jump into that because i'm curious about what you think about that it follows the family of the bridgertons who is a, like eight children yes and their various escapades in high society and finding love matches like their parents did because their parents were so in love and they need to be in love too yes so it's sort of drama about them and people around them but it's not like annoying drama so i had really low expectations ditto i'm gonna say this now like most of the things that normies get into is like
1: wow things that i'm not into (laughs) I i just have low expectations for drama extended romance programs if you're giving me a movie two to three hours where you're gonna wrap it up by the end you can only put in so many cliffhangers with so much bullshit that's fair enough. When you're looking at a TV show where you've got...
0: Like 10 hours worth.
1: 10 hours, yeah. and each episode is going to need its own cliffhanger to get the person coming back. Oh, oh, it's just the fields are ripe with unsatisfying romance bullshit tropes just waiting for the author to pick them. So that's where my hesitancy came from.
0: Yeah, I think I was understandable. My hesitancy came from again the things that normal people tend to be into tend to be kind of shallow and not really well thought out and not very well executed i mean that's just just not even like romance i'm thinking of things like big bang theory and all all the things that my sisters are really into and i'm wow. like i don't really get hopefully they're hopefully
1: not listening to our podcast
0: <laughs> hi alex hi friend i love you <laughs>
1: All your tastes are shit and I never want to listen to whatever you recommend, but this one was okay.
0: No, they have recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, so the thing that really surprised me when I first watched, when I watched the first episode was just how good the writing was. Like the script and the dialogue was really sharp and crisp. Everybody keeps talking about oh the characters are so sexy and they have modern music and class played with classical instruments and it's so good and on. Oh, and I'm like, Oh wow, the script is really well written. Like it's like I that that's the thing that really drew me in at first was just how good the writing was.
1: No, the writing was very nice now they did it in that everything is pushing plot forwards, yes. but never it's not like at a breakneck pace but it just it keeps moving. Yeah. You don't have characters just waffling about for a while and then all of a sudden like oh we haven't actually done anything for a while and so some character just exposits so mm-hmm. they're like yes we've done something this episode. It's it just it, people are pushing yeah. the plot forward through natural dialogue and natural interactions mm-hmm. that make sense for their characters and make mostly make sense within the world that they're in and therefore the plot keeps moving at a healthy clip in a way that feels natural and is very engaging to watch
0: yeah and i think that definitely one reason for that is because the cast is so big and normally when you have a big cast sometimes it's it's really easy to drop the just to lose the threads and to kind of have too many people that you need to follow and i think that was one of the problems with like game of thrones and lost was that you just had way too many people and it didn't really meld together. But in this, because they had—wait, let me finish. Because they had loads of people. They've got eight kids. Although seven of them were mostly there. Two of them weren't really involved that much. So I guess out of the eight, three kids, of them weren't really involved that much. Yeah. So out of the eight kids, five of them were really involved. Plus other characters and their friends. And because you have all of these different characters who have very different personalities, you had a lot of conflict between them. And the conflict is what created interesting dialogue and interesting conversation. And it didn't have to be like, you know, Jerry Springer level fights, but siblings quibbling with each other and squabbling. And, and so I think that's what really a lot of the exposition came from was characters having really good and engaging dialogue with each other that moved quickly.
1: But what I think worked really well for it to jump in because your comparison, comparing, comparison, no, <laughs> as you compare it to other shows like Game of Thrones, is that so you've got your eight kids and you've got kind of their surrounding cast with each one that overlap in some ways. It's a very involved Venn diagram. Yeah. But season one of the show is Daphne's story.
0: Daphne's story, yes. She
1: is the fourth child of the Richertons. Yes. And she is the main character. And her love interest Simon is the second main character, and then mm-hmm. you kind of get the tiers building. Yeah. So in like the secondary tier, you'd have Anthony and Eloise. In a third tier, you'd have uh,
0: Colin and Penelope.
1: Colin and Penelope, and well, uh,
0: maybe that the they're Marina the, s- the second. Maybe the second tier because that was another storyline that was going on was Colin. But
1: Mayer I'd still, I'd still put feet. them below in areas. I think it's important that it's helping push the plot forward. But mm-hmm. I would say that Anthony and Daphne, or sorry, Anthony and Eloise, are above mm. what they're doing. Yeah, and then right. below that you've got even more kids. You know, they fill them all up. They have to. As the show makes a crack about, they had to name them in alphabetical order because they wouldn't remember them otherwise. Which is really useful for us, the watcher, because if they weren't in alphabetical order, we wouldn't remember them otherwise. That's very true. <laughs> so they did us a benefit there.
0: That's true. Actually, the way they structured all the because there were, as you said, three uh, three storylines going on at once, but it wasn't. It didn't feel bogged down. It like I watched Shadow and Bone, which you haven't. And that has three storylines, but one of them is so unrelated to the other two that it's like, why did you even put this in here?
1: And that happens all the time in TV shows. Yeah. Uh, the first season of The Witcher. Every time in the first season of The Witcher that we're watching anything involving... S-S3? Siri? Siri. Siri. Yeah. I'm like, why are we wasting all this time? Yeah. Especially because like they're trying to tell this whole story between uh, Geralt yeah. and... Yennefer. Yennefer. But they're spending so much runtime on Siri, who, for the first season, doesn't matter. Mm. So they've wasted time, both for themselves and for me as a viewer. Mm. And in something like Game of Thrones, I think you've got too many webs and you don't tear them. You're trying to put almost equal importance on so yes. many things yeah. that the writers don't have a focus. And so you wind up with a scattershot approach and there's nothing – there's not a thread that you can really grab onto – as a viewer
0: yeah that this this is the main storyline for this season and then you have your subplots
1: yes and And i think it would help because i think it worked very well here
0: worked really well
1: yes like at the at the end of the day every episode something's going to happen between daphne and simon Mm -hmm. and that's your main story and that's what's going on and those other tiers those other ball those other plates that are spinning are still going and you will touch in on them to make sure that they're still spinning. And as they affect the main plot, they will get woven back in so that you can see how they're mm-hmm. going to affect that main plot. And then they're left to go off on their own for a little bit while you pick up the next one and weave it back into the main plot, focusing on Daphne and Simon the whole way.
0: Yeah. So that was why it was really, really good and a lot better than what I was expecting.
1: Now that being said, although I did say that they named the characters from A to H to make it easier, when we did sit down at the beginning of this, to be like, what were these kids called again? There were a few I didn't know.
0: All right, what are the kids' names? Anthony. It's really cute you say them with American accents. What? what will... Carry on. Carry is it on. not?
1: Oh, is it Anthony?
0: Anthony. Yeah. Is
1: it Anthony like yeah. Shakespeare? Okay, Anthony. Uh,
0: he Shakespeare was British.
1: <laughs> okay, but the character Anthony in Shakespeare is not British. He's Roman.
0: Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they use British actors anyway. Anyway. Anyway, my cute little uh, American.
1: I know B isn't Bobothy, but it's going to be something ridiculously British. (laughs) It's not Byron, although it should be. Um, (laughs) Who's B? Uh, Benedict. Very appropriate. Okay. I think Byron would be a better name for what he's doing in the story, but oh well.
0: Because he's the artist?
1: Yeah. Uh, C... I feel like I just said his name.
0: You did. You did. You you just said his name. Oh my goodness,
1: you just Colin. Said, yeah, there you Colin. Go. Colin, I do. Okay, Colin. Uh, Colin. D of course is Colin. Daphne. E is Eloise. F.
0: We're getting into the three that were not really very. She didn't even
1: show up until like episode seven. No. Eight. Ooh. She's the one who's gone the whole time. No, and eight. She... Eight comes. No. Eight.
0: No, you're right. You're A- right. F right. is the
1: one who's gone on like some at some school or something. I don't yeah. know. She just shows up randomly. And I said she. Uh, So it can't be my first one, which was Francois. (laughs) That's very French, anyway. Francesca.
0: Yes. Is it Francesca? Yes, Francesca.
1: Okay. Nice, you It was a random F name. (laughs) G is the. I actually George. No. Gregory. Yes. Okay, I had to think of a very British G name. (laughs) And H is Hyacinth. Yes, I remember that one because it stood out to me. Yeah. I don't know why. It was just a traditional. It was just an H flower name.
0: Actually, I think all the girls are named after flowers. Maybe? Or maybe is an just...
1: Eloise a flower? Maybe I'm just bullshitting. Is a Francesca a flower? Did you have you? Is this some British thing? Anyway.
0: Yeah, Eloise is a type of flower. Okay. Oh, Rosa Eloise.
1: Fair enough. So, even easier to remember if you can actually get to it. Uh, so, there we go. Yes. Okay. So, I can get to the names eventually. I do Mom I'm going to go with Byron over Benedict. Although, eggs Benedict are delicious. I'm getting off the subject.
0: Mmm. It's kind of a flower called Francesca, apparently. Anyway.
1: Not important. Not important. But no, so Completely I do, I do think topic. that unlike some other shows, they did a good job at establishing what is the main story of the season, which I guess comes from the books. The fir- the main story of the first book is focused on Daphne's romance and just general entry into high society. And then bringing in the other stories as necessary. Mm-hmm. And to continue with the flower theme, pruning the ones who are not.
0: Now, I did mention that this kind of has an alternate take on history and that it is a period drama kind of akin to Jane Austen's works, Pride and Prejudice, Sense Sensibility, but with kind of an alternate history where the king fell in love with a black woman and so people of color are a lot more present in high society and so you have a wide range of diverse people in the cast, which I thought was really awesome. Yes. Um, and then for some reason also modern music thrown in because why not?
1: I actually, so the modern music I picked up on in the first couple episodes because I had a very Westworld style thing. Yeah. Where you're kind of going, wait, I know this song. Why do I know this song? What's going on here? Ah, but after the first few episodes, I didn't notice it anymore. Really? Yeah. It, I know, it, it
0: came back now and again. It came, it was only ever used on really important moments. I
1: am highly out of touch with a lot of modern music. Yeah, that's fair enough. So it could easily have been a modern piece, and I just wasn't paying it. I didn't know it, and so it didn't catch my ear.
0: But I feel like you probably would have known because you know what classical music is, and any time it wasn't a piece of classical music, you probably could have guessed that it was modern.
1: <laughs> well, classical pieces and modern pieces are arranged very differently. But I don't know. I guess I didn't... I just didn't find it as noticeable later in the season. Or I was used to it, which Mm. could be another thing, but...
0: So you mentioned there was a thing about the alternate history take.
1: Oh, no, you just said that you felt it had a more modern take.
0: Yes. And that wasn't wasn't me.
1: Like, the alternate history take, I would definitely mostly agree with. Not, like, a Sliders-type thing where you're going to start seeing steamships or some garbage like that. They stay pretty firmly in the Regency era. Yeah, But... Because, it's because they stay firmly in the Regency era that I was disagreeing with your idea of a more modern take, I not an alternate see. history
0: take. I meant more of a, a modern approach to a Regency story.
1: Mm, in kind of, when applicable.
0: You, when applicable. So what do you mean by that? Well, okay,
1: so like, obviously you mentioned Jane Austen. Yeah. And if we go back in your reading of Jane Austen, they don't have just a chapter where they're ripping each other's clothes off in front of the servants all over their mansion for an entire episode or chapter. So that, I would agree, is a more modern take on it in the fact that it's modern television for adults and heavy air quotes there. So you got to show tits at some point.
0: Not to mention that it is probably from the bodice-ripping genre of books.
1: Jane Austen wasn't, though.
0: No, Jane Austen was not a... No, that would not have been appropriate for her time. She probably would have been, like... Hung as a Witch.
1: But no, but she wrote
0: Bodice Rippers.
1: Like, you will get (laughs) Bodice Rippers set in that time period, but I felt like more of it was trying to do more Jane Austen and that a lot of the heavy sex and stuff was put in because Game of Thrones did it.
0: Right. Yeah. So
1: I think you're getting a lot of that because Game of Thrones did it. And not that they're trying to be Game of Thrones, but because that set an expectation Mm. for adult television. Yeah. This is adult television. We're going to show tits.
0: Yeah, that's actually it's got
1: it, it's just that's the modern way of doing it.
0: Actually, it's interesting because um, I know you haven't seen it, but season two had more guy bod than lady bod.
1: I think I, I season um, one actually had a lot of guy bod too. I guess the yeah, first way you're introduced but to Anthony like, is his bare ass thrusting against a tree. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the, it wasn't. It was definitely more edreek, egreg, egregious. Is that the word? Egregious. I can't say words. What's the word? Egregious. Egregious. Haha, <laughs> I said it right. Uh, yeah, it's a lot more egregious in the second season, where the, it's like, Anthony falls into a pond, and he comes out, and his shirt's wet, and it's see-through, and it's cleaning to his body, and it's like, that's kind of, you can see what you're doing, whereas it's a lot I mean, more subtle. you
1: th- can see it. It's a television program.
0: <laughs> but it's a lot more subtle in season one, I thought.
1: I, um, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no? They, the, Go to method for one character to talk about his feelings is to go take his shirt off and get sweaty.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he's boxing, so that made sense for the setting and the scene. Rather than, "Oops, I fell over." Oops, I suppose. I, fell over I suppose. Again. But I'm, I've
1: they wasted no opportunity for characters to get their kit off in season one. No,
0: no, no, fair enough. Maybe, maybe I just didn't notice as much because I was just so overwhelmed by the amazing writing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no so but
0: there were butts, yes
1: yes but i guess no. what i'm saying about they used modernity to their favor when it suited them beyond just the filming of it and the sex yeah is there are times when they forget the rules of the period that they're in mm. because the plot demands they forget the rules I- like there's a huge issue halfway through this season That they could have shut down in an instant, no problem, but they need that to be a huge issue so that you can get the second half of the season. We already said there's going to be spoilers.
0: Okay. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Okay, go.
1: Daphne and Simon are on the outs. She is currently being courted by the Prince of Prussia, (gasps) Ferdinand. I think that's his name. I remember his name. There we go. Prince Ferdinand of Russia. Prussia. Prussia. Sorry. Yes, it is obviously Prussia, not Russia. Uh, very different Quite Indeed <laughs> And while at a party She storms off into the gardens After Simon Because he's been ignoring her And she's upset about it
0: No, she's, she goes into oh, the garden To get fresh air Because and he, she doesn't know If she really wants to marry the prince And then he follows her out
1: Yes, and then they have a whole ish, They have a whole fight That ends up with Them making out <gasps> And she's like Oh my god, I can't do this What the hell's going on When you talk Because he, then he He's still refusing to talk to her, so she storms off again into a different garden. No, she goes. Yeah, she goes into they a different garden. They
0: storm off into the gardens.
1: He goes off into a different. No, she goes off into different gardens, which is where they asshole up. shows up. No, because first asshole shows up. Oh,
0: that's at the start. That's the start. This at, is the whole that's thing. A start at the, that's the start.
1: No, this is the big one. Because that's.
0: I might need to cut this one out.
1: No, no, it's okay. Okay, so but no, but the whole issue is that her rival for the prince claims that she was without a chaperone with another man in the garden at night claiming something untoward happened, which it did. But from my perspective, the whole thing is stupid because her brother shows. Oh, you're right. This is, this, is, this that is the first one. This is the second one. Cause her brother shows up, Anthony decks, the Duke grabs her and leaves. And that's where this whole issue starts is that, they feel that they have to go through with this whole long thing that's going to end up with either a duel happening to the death or her marrying the Duke because the rival for love is threatening to tell everyone that she's been a loose woman and that it's this whole issue. And I'm going, she's a woman. You've spent five episodes making sure that everyone knows that women have no status in this society. The word of a woman is nothing. Nothing. You have a duke, and you have Antony, your older brother. So they could just who are established friends. Yeah, who they all left the party. You can just say she's wrong. My brother and I went outside with the duke to talk to him to explain the fact that we have canceled that relationship, and I am now being courted by the prince. Nothing happened. Everything's fine. And especially because the floozy is trying to say, oh, and because they were she was being so loose in the gardens, that's what, you know, we'll see what happens in nine months. And you just – and you know that nothing's going to happen. Well, okay, Daphne doesn't know. Which is a whole other issue that we'll get to later. <laughs> but the two gentlemen involved in this, gentlemen being used very loosely, <laughs> know that nothing's going to happen in nine months. So you just – Stand by your story of nothing happened. She had a chaperone. Everything's fine. And if someone does decide to listen to the floozy, and if it does make the gossip rags, which is a whole running story throughout the whole season, in nine months she'll be proven wrong. Her reputation will be even more in tatters. Yeah, but you're totally fine. You can. It's done. It's over. Nobody has to go duel to the death. But we need drama. I understand we that we need, need drama, it but to that's happen
0: in the summer before the season ends.
1: I understand that.
0: Wesley Jeez.
1: But that's why I'm saying that sometimes they forget the rules that they've spent 6 episodes establishing yeah. that a woman's word means nothing. She's a woman.
0: Well, I think also She the- is
1: arm candy. She's mm-hmm. meant to be seen not heard.
0: A woman's word doesn't matter in men's society, but women gossip among themselves, and, and that That's why
1: you wait the nine months, because she's already played her hand too but far, and then, she says that she's pregnant, and therefore, so you go through nine months saying nothing's happened, and the women are going, ooh, blah, 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 and in nine months, oh, whoops, no baby's shown up. Yeah, but That <laughs> entire rival family is trash, and by this point, you've married a prince, is, and you are a princess, that. and you have all the social status you need.
0: Well, if she had told everybody- that Daphne was in the garden and chaperoned. It could have ruined her reputation not only with the prince but with any other prospective suitor. Which is exactly what happened with the other character when everyone found out that she was pregnant, and it ruined she the reputation was, of the entire family. She was actually pregnant. She was, and it ruined the reputation of the entire family. Even if and she, even if Daphne she had no wasn't. man
1: willing to speak on her behalf. Yeah. Not only is it a man willing to speak on her behalf; it's a viscount. They've spent the whole show telling us the importance of his role as the new Viscount Bridgerton and what that entails, and that's why he can't do what he wants. That is what's holding Anthony in place. And when I put him in that second-tier character list, it's because the sudden importance of the role thrust upon him by the death of his father and having to now be a Viscount in high society while caring for this large family and ensuring that they are properly set within that same high society, that pressure is what drives him as a character. Antony's a great character. I really love Antony as a character. I really had a lot of fun with him during the season.
0: Oh, we should watch season two then. He, he's the main love interest.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt that I, 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 get, I, I, I get why they do it for the story, but yeah. that's why I'm saying that they are somewhat – they establish all the rules of the Regency era and then just decide, but we're not going to follow it right now because we need – Drama. Yeah. Which is under which is understandable, but that's what led to my initial statement during this episode that <laughs> they pick and choose.
0: Yeah, that's
1: fair enough. So you mentioned that the second season is about Anthony in the middle of my mini rant there.
0: Yes. Mini rant that was like half an hour long.
1: Shushu. That kind of would then get me to one of the parts that I thought was somewhat weaker this season. And that I feel that kind of what I was saying about Siri and The Witcher earlier, I feel they spent a lot of time on Benedict in this season, yeah, and I think that they did that to have him act as a confidant
0: Eloise. to
1: Eloise, yeah. which is important. But they spent a lot of time on him, and he wasn't that important.
0: I think I I really liked him as a character.
1: I think I think he's he was good as a, I think with the story that they gave me was good as a character, and I really liked how you saw him interact with Eloise while knowing that he actually is on a very parallel path to her, even if she doesn't see it.
0: Well, I think she sees it and she even points out like he can, he can literally do anything he wants. He can, he can go to art school because he's a man. And I think, I think that's, that was his importance as a character was to kind of show how easy it was for him, even though it wasn't exactly something he was really pushing for.
1: Mm. I Uh, I think,
0: I think it was also to kind of help create a base for him for later series. Yeah. Which I really hope they actually get around to.
1: In that case, I think Colin got kind of shafted. Colin has no character beyond how other characters use him, mm. which I felt kinda of bad for. Now you but again, no, if each yeah. if each season is building off is focusing on a character like they have in the past, which I think is good in the past, like they did for season one. Let's not get too <laughs> far up my own ass here. Um I could see that and that you have to balance them, but in a way then I feel that you're going to build too much of Benedict in this way in, if you don't make him the star soon. But you have to do Antony first because they've done. you've already pushed him up almost to that level. And I feel like you almost have to do Eloise because she's at that point now where Daphne was at the beginning of season one. She's at the age to make her debut in society. And I feel with the way her story's going, you can't have her make her debut in the background of someone else's story. I feel like it wouldn't work as well. So even if you kind of start the debut in season two, which I haven't seen, while Antony is doing Antony stuff, you almost then have to focus her for season three, and therefore you'd be pushing Benedict all the way to season four. But you still have Colin. <laughs> Colin's on a round yep. the world tour, but he's going to come back from that. Like they've written, they gave they gave Colin absolutely nothing to do except for to be interacted with in season one. You know nothing about Colin, and then they essentially wrote him out of the story at the end of season one. To come back whenever they need him. So Colin's out, so you can get rid of him, which is fine. The two young kids, Hyacinth and Gregory. Gregory, are too young to care about, so they're gone. Francesca, we never we see him for one scene and she's gone. So there's a lot that you can get rid of, but I almost feel like they're building too much of Benedict to not make him a main character. But I don't want two main characters in one season. With from from the family.
0: Yeah. I don't know who season three is gonna be focusing on. I have no idea. I think I think people have suspected that we'll see. I don't I guess you need to see season two to see how that all works so out. I actually feel like I don't know. I feel like I feel like the T V series are doing it in a different order from the books. Oh yeah, maybe. that's
1: that's fine. I, I don't Or maybe they are aren't, and I just need to actually read the books. I'm torn on books. Uh, don't have books. Gosh. Because for something like this, I feel that Using the books as your basis is good, because it's going to give you a strong foundation to build off, but then you need to realize you're adapting, and so you need to make that adaptation. Yeah.
0: But without writing yourself into a corner where you can't then use material from the books because you've changed too much.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Get the Game of Thrones tactics. Yes. Yes. Because, But on the other hand, I think that you also need to know when to rein it in. Yeah. Because things like The Hobbit went too far. There wasn't a movie of The Hobbit. It's right. There were four. No, no, there, were- there
0: was no movie of The Hobbit. That doesn't exist. It's trash. That's not a thing.
1: Okay, fair enough. So, like, I don't want to say forget the books. I think that you can do it out of order of the books, but I think you should still make sure that you're using the books as that framework. Mm. Because if you have a framework and it's not, you know, riddled with termites, stick to it. There's no need to build a new one.
0: I think that's probably why we're seeing a lot more series that are based on books, probably starting with Lord of the Rings and then with the double success of Game of Thrones. And that people are realizing, oh, we already have entire materials that have a story set out for us. We can just use that and turn it into things that will make money.
1: <laughs>
0: if I'm being slightly cynical.
1: <laughs> I agree. No, I, I completely agree. I just, I think people need to explore why something like this or why Lord of the Rings works or why the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones worked. Mm. And also make sure that you at the same time fully understand why The Hobbit, why The Witcher, why the later seasons of Game of Thrones did not work.
0: Yeah. I mean, we all know that that's one issue Henry Cavill had with The Witcher and why he ended up leaving was because he wanted to have the show more faithful to the books. And they wanted they, wanted a, they wanted a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you really... Shooting yourself in the foot when you try to please everybody, because when you try to please everyone, you please nobody. But if you try to please just a few people and you try to make something that you yourself would really like, then you make something that a lot of people like, because they might not realize that that's that's the kind of thing that they'd be into until they actually see it.
1: I think a lot of time also people respect or recognize passion.
0: Yeah, that too. Like arcane, you can tell is a passion project.
1: Yeah. I think they did a really good job with and it. And
0: they did an amazing job.
1: Yeah.
0: And the last season of Game of Thrones was they a... They rush to go off and
1: make a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And it was trash.
0: <laughs> and then they were fired from the Star Wars job.
1: Yeah. Less less said about Star Wars, the better. But, so, back to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm just... I'm worried about Benedict, because I feel like they're almost putting too much of him on the screen. Now, you're sitting here smirking at me, so maybe something happens in season two that will change things, but...
0: I don't remember what happened to him in season two. Fair enough. (laughs) I guess I'll have to rewatch it. What a pity. What a pity. I do know that someone else who recommended this season to us, Gabe, uh, liked season two more than season one, but that's because he found the characters more attractive in season two compared to season one.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Calling you out,
0: Gabe. So one of the other really big storylines that we didn't actually mention is Whistledown. And she is kind of one of the main... I don't want to say antagonist.
1: She's the gossip rag that I mentioned earlier. She's the
0: gossip rag, yeah. She's, she's this mysterious it. character writing about the town, about high society, and all the scandals that are going on. But she's voiced by... um Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Which is fantastic. Angela Lansbury? No. No, oh, it was no. Completely that was Miss Potts. That was Miss
1: Potts. Julie Andrews. <laughs>
0: Julie Andrews. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's voiced by Julie Andrews, who has this very, very... Prom like prim and proper British accent.
1: She's Mary Poppins. She's practically perfect.
0: I know. It just, I just loved her as a character as well because she was one of the, I think the driving forces behind that very sharp dialogue and very witty writing.
1: Yeah, they usually will use her to introduce an episode, which I think is very well.
0: Yeah, kind of give you your.
1: And if you need a little bit of of a spur midway through. To really drive home someone being a dumbshed, Yeah. <laughs> she jumps back in. Yeah. Which I think works pretty well. Because it's... I mean, she, she, the way she writes, and therefore the way it's delivered, is she has a very sharp tongue. And you kind of get two characters like that, between her and Lady Danbury. Yeah. But yeah, in I very actually, I, different ways. I thought it
0: was Lady Danbury for a long time.
1: you do get... Yeah. Lady Danbury is also very sure of herself and very sure of what needs to be done and she's going to do it. Mm. and But you see her on screen doing it, whereas with Lady Whistledown, you just get the voice. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Lady Whistledown throughout the entire season. They reveal who she is at the end of the first season. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, why not? I did not like the reveal. I didn't like who it was.
0: Really? Yeah. What? I- what? 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 I thought it was great. I was like, Oh shit. No, oh my goodness. No, because uh,
1: so we're, we're deep into spoilers here. So if people are still listening, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But I think by revealing who it is. So I have a lot of problems with you have a lot of problems. Yes. Yes. I have a <laughs> lot of problems with how relationships are handled in this show. Okay, I think the the, the, siblings- this show
0: that's a romance about multiple people having romances.
1: Yes, okay. I think the sibling relationship among the Bridgertons and the familial relationship shown between their mother and all of them yeah. are fantastic.
0: That's true. I the mum was
1: great. I think when she start getting into the Bridgertons and everyone outside the family, there's a lot of problems with the relationships are shown, and I think be- one of the strongest relationships shown throughout the season is between Eloise and Penelope. In being very strong friends and they fall out and it hurts when they fall out because they're very strong friends and you don't want to see them fall out and they can make up later and it all feels very good. And so in revealing Penelope to be Lady Whistledown, I feel that Eloise is getting shafted because now it feels like the whole time Penelope is just laughing behind her hand at her. Every conversation they ever had that season or have in future seasons about Lady Whistledown, Penelope is lying to her the whole time. And so it's going to just irrevocably taint how I view that relationship for the rest of the show. And that, oh, they're actually not good friends.
0: I think they are good friends. But it's just that Penelope has a secret that she hasn't told Eloise. It is
1: not that she has a secret. It's that she's actively misleading her friend every time her friend's talking about it. Mm. If there was something you were trying to do, and every time you talked about it, I just lied to your face and told you what you wanted to hear, even though I knew what the answer was, we'd have a pretty shit relationship.
0: That is true. That would be a really shitty thing
1: to do. And that's what's happening now between those two characters.
0: But on the flip side, when you know Eloise and how... Because most of the thing with Eloise is she's trying to find out who Whistledown is. And she's kind of a bit obstinate about it, and she doesn't exactly do the right thing in order to find out who Whistledown is. And so I think... If Penelope told her that she was whistled down, I don't think she'd know how Eloise would take how she would react to the news. Like, what? There's a risk that she could do something stupid.
1: Yes, but when when
0: you have the queen after you,
1: yeah. I don't know. I just feel like also,
0: (sighs) no, no. no, I feel like
1: if you had given it more seasons before the reveal. Cause now I'm going to be seeing that every time they're talking.
0: Yeah, but I think that's why. I think I think it's to create that extra layer of.
1: I don't like. Like it, I though. said, conflict. I don't like it. This was like one of the few relationships that the conflict felt more earned. Yeah. When because the Bridgetown, the Bridgertowns so the Bridgertons are like the perfect family, and the Featheringtons absolutely are not. And so you see the conflict that gets built in there is that you have these close friends who have a very different home life. And therefore, Eloise can't always understand all of what Penelope's going through because she hasn't had to face the same things that Penelope's yeah. had to face. And that breeds conflict. And it felt very true and it felt very natural. And kind of the breaking and reforging of that, I thought was all very well done. And this just feels bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. This is, this to me feels drama for drama's sake and that they've lit a wick and they're just going to hold on to it until they need it to go off but it's just sitting there. You're just sitting there cooking a grenade for a while.
0: I, I, I maybe it's because I'm a woman and I I know fem, like female relations tend to be more psychological
1: and... Women are bitches, yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like e- even among friends, we're not exactly, I don't know, it's not, it's not right to say good people to each other, but like I can, st- it feels real to me. It feels believable to me. Like I can see why Penelope doesn't tell Eloise this, even though it means she's lying to her friend.
1: I can, I mean, I can see why she doesn't tell her in character, yes. But I think it oh, took what a was viewer. a strong relationship, and it just makes it a very one-sided, weak, tenuous relationship. Yeah, and that's why I don't like it. But as it's like kind of what I was saying before, as I'm leading into this, though, there's a lot about the relationships in this show that I don't like. Again, I think. Out of all the relationships, I think honestly, Antony is one of the best ones in that it's so broken. No, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> it was broken from the start, and so.
1: But I think that how they go about showing it is, oddly enough, very healthy mm. for those two characters involved. In that, in that, it's a really nasty breakup that's going on. Yeah, but within the societal rules built for them, it feels natural that led to it, and if. It he doesn't want to let it go. And she kind of has to force him to realize, no, we're done. It's over and all that. And he does, he Mm. accepts it by the end of the season. You know, I think the character growth, you see him go along is very healthy for him. Mm. And so I think that even though it's not a happy relationship, I think it's a healthy relationship. Meanwhile, I think that the main relationship in the show for this season between Daphne and Simon is a very toxic relationship. Despite being a big the big romance In your romance show, I think it's just. I don't think it was toxic. I think. Uh, well, okay, okay, so.
0: So so their relationship starts with them pretending to date each other, so which I'm fine
1: with, totally fine with. That's a common thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, they, you know, fake, like, relationships, fake, fake so relationships, so they don't have to, to deal with all us. the bullshit
1: of high society, especially because Daphne's on the outs anyway at the moment because her yeah. brother's uh, being a shit. Yes. So she if she pretends pressure.
0: to be courting a du- duke, then other guys will be like, Oh, a duke's courting her. She must be really good. I'm gonna go try and get in on that.
1: Yeah, she must be a good catch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he doesn't want to get harassed by all the mothers. Yeah, he
1: doesn't want to be the single man that they're all trying to set him up with their daughters, yeah. I think that part's fine. Totally yeah. fine with all that.
0: And then and then so spoilers again. They, they catch up, feelings. They get they get the feels. They realize they have the feels for each other. Boy, yeah, uh, boy,
1: yeah, uh, boy, no. No, I got the feels.
0: <laughs> and then they unfortunately get a little too frisky in the bushes. And which we've already talked about. Which we talked about. Yeah. And then one thing leads to another, and then they end up marrying. And now they're married, and yay, everything's healthy and
1: happy, right? No, God, no. God, no. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no. Okay. So, so, so here's my issue, is that A, number one, the two just need to talk to each other. <laughs> a little bit okay. some some nice conversation would be I good I
0: can see how it came out that okay So I want to talk about our relationship for a second Uh-oh. we went for two years thinking that the other person didn't like brown mushrooms was it brown mushrooms? Yeah, yeah. We didn't. So we, whenever we went to the supermarket, we would only buy white mushrooms, thinking that the other person didn't like brown mushrooms. If we had just fucking talked to each other, okay. Then we would have resolved this issue. But mushrooms we didn't know. are a
1: lot different than children, or the process that creates children. But still, no, no. But so, so here's but that. That's not even. So no, because part of it, part of it is Daphne's mother's fault for not bothering to teach your child what they might need to know. Yeah, okay. Because she's a woman in Regency era. but Simon
0: I do- communicates as well as he can that he doesn't want... Well, he doesn't say he doesn't want children. He says he can't have children and he doesn't want to ruin Daphne's life because he knows how much she wants children.
1: Yes, which I think is absolutely fair. Yes,
0: he communicates that to her and yes. she says, fuck that, I love you anyway, we'll work it out. And he doesn't realize that she doesn't know how babies are made... And so when he's, you know, actively making sure babies aren't made, she doesn't realize that that's what he's doing. And she thinks it's some kind of medical thing. And I can see how this misunderstanding happened and when it's finally-
1: But the answer that she comes up with is to rape him. Yes. <laughs> that's not a healthy response. It's not. This is not a healthy relationship. And I don't like the fact that the show essentially says- And it all worked out.
0: Yes. No. They don't
1: actually talk about it. She yells at... She rapes him. And then she yells at him and says, if you're more interested in being angry at a dead man than happy with me, fine. And then he goes... He just sits there, goes to a boxing match and goes, guess she's right. And they're happy to go lucky. They're just happy after that. Like, no, that's not how that works.
0: That's not how it happens. It is.
1: (laughs) It is. I mean, he goes. he talks to his friend, the boxer, who... The message that he gets is from his friend the boxer is I have sacrificed my honor to provide for my wife by throwing a match that I know is being set up by a crooked nobleman. Like and he his message from that is Ah shit, yeah, I gotta do right by my wife. I I I don't know, I just no, like, that, I, that's- I can see the message as they're trying to put it. I just feel that the way that they get there, A, in the fact there's no communication, B, that her answer is suddenly rape, and C, that his is just going, well, I guess so. Like, there needs, I, they need to do it all in one season. It needs to happen before the end of summer. There's a whole high society bullshit going on in the background. I understand <laughs> that. You don't get over three decades or whatever it is, two decades – Of child abandonment issues... Yes. By being raped.
0: No. No, that's not why that happened. So, yes, she rapes him, and that is bad. And he is hurt, and he feels betrayed. And she also feels hurt and betrayed, because she feels like, you know, like he wasn't communicating with her. And so she got her own back by not communicating with him, and then forcing him in her. But that is bad and they're both angry and they're both hurt and because of that because of that they don't talk to each other because of that they're constantly pissed at each other backhanded like statements really snappy with each other for ages and it gets to the point where Daphne you know actually finds out why he is like that why he doesn't want children why he feels like he doesn't want to turn into his dad who was an abusive asshole, and because of that she realizes where he's coming from, and that's when she says if you want to hate a man like, you would rather make yourself miserable in order to get back at a dead guy than allow yourself to be happy with children. And then she says, you know, I'm tired of being angry I love you if you don't want to be happy then fine and then that's when he realizes, okay I can allow myself to be happy. I can allow myself to be loved, and then they resolve it. But because of the rape, they they go. That's kind of what creates a lot of the tension in the second half of the second season. Is that they they, the, first they, season. First the first season? First season, sorry, first season. The end. The second half of the first season is that they feel betrayed by each other and hurt by each other, and they're just that bit is really toxic. And then they they're able to work through it and work it out by the end.
1: I just wish they would have spent more time on the resolution. Yeah. Like, if you're going to spend that much time on the toxicity, you need to spend more time on the res. It's it's an issue that's that I commonly have enough. with shojo manga. To tie this back to us being otaku, an issue that I commonly <laughs> have with shojo manga is that they end as a relationship starts.
0: Yes, that's you never annoying.
1: you never actually see the relationship that the manga is about.
0: They and things have changed recently, but yeah, I they
1: have. They have somewhat like, but a lot of classical or not even classical just
0: Kimi toloke, yasha, whatever uh, I don't think Skippy they even get together they're still
1: I think it's still going still going <laughs> but no so and so I think when you look at a shoujo that I use that I more enjoy
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know even something like uh, Kaichou Maid sama Yeah, which I feel I actually that's probably another one where you don't even really get uh, together until the very end. Until the very
0: end, and then they go off to different universities, and then they actually get together when they get graduate from university. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but I still feel like that one you spend more time with them together.
0: Yeah,
1: but just or uh, my love story is a good one where it actually shows relationships and all that, and how those can have pitfalls and rebuild. But because you're spending so much time with them actually in a relationship, you get to see what is the resolution, what is the healing process. It's not. It's not just, we've spent three episodes hating each other, and now we're going to have a moment in the rain that makes everything better. You know, I think yeah. that you need to show that you... There's, they they have all their revelations apart from each other, and then kind of come together for that moment in the rain, I feel well, like. You have the bit where she yells at him.
0: There's, there's also the bit where she... After, after she realizes what a dick his dad is and why he has issues... She invites him to see his, her family, and he hangs out with her younger siblings, and he's really good with the kids. And she's like, "You, you're really good with kids. You really enjoyed that. Are you sure you? That's not what you want?" And so she, but that's still, like that's. I know it's all it's all in the last episode because no, that episode. but that's still
1: talking about, like, yeah, they it, it, they're treating the symptom. I feel like not the source. Yeah. And the source of the issue is this, as she's found out, it's this deep-seated sense of abandonment by his father, and the fact that Lady Danbury had to raise him. And
0: I wonder how how they could have unpacked that in a show like that.
1: I I, like, it, I don't know if they could, but then I feel yeah. that you you.
0: But in in not unpacking it properly, it feels it annoys, like it was kind yeah. of cheap.
1: Yeah. And not not even cheap. Ending. I just didn't. I guess, yeah, it feels a little too saccharine at the end, Hmm. where it's just now they're happy, now they have a baby. You know, it's like, I mean, we we both probably know countless relationships where they're like, oh, we'll fix it by having a kid. Having a kid doesn't always fix a relationship.
0: I'm very lucky that I don't know a relationship that has that issue.
1: Good. But. I think. uh, (laughs) But, so it's just.
0: (sighs) Oh, my nerdy friends don't want kids.
1: (laughs) Uh, Lots of cats, though. Oh, so many cats. But no, so, We yeah, can fix so, this relationship with cats. <laughs> so I think like the whole bit, you know, fake relationship, catching feels and everything. I think that's great. Mm. I think the breakdown in the middle, I've already said, slightly annoyed me because they're not following their own rules they set up. But I realized why they had to do it to keep building the relationship between them. The lack of communication at that point irritates me. Because
0: that's I know that's one of your most hated tropes in any romance is I, there's I, I mean it.
1: mostly in romances but also in other movies just there's so many times when they're like if you'll just listen no I won't listen to you it's like if you guys will spend 10 seconds here the rest of the movie's done and yeah I want to see the rest of the movie but if this is your yeah as I was, but, but... I was like saying Project Hail Mary you get so many bullshit moments <laughs> you get your bullshit quota and I feel like there were so many things in here that were reaching that bullshit quota right at this one moment that it just irritated me on some level. Okay, like it's not enough. Like I think the season was good. I really enjoyed the first season of the show, but there are parts of this like that where I'm just like, ugh. (laughs) (laughs) And so some of that is because, yeah, yeah, I
0: I can, but I can see why they why they have a fight and why they don't communicate because they're both being stubborn and they both neither of them want to admit and
1: Well she's ignorant about a lot of it. Yes. Which isn't her fault. No. Ignorance usually isn't someone's fault unless it's
0: willing willing ignorance,
1: which is just dumb. So that largely goes on her mom.
0: And also I mean she's ignorant of why he why he's behaving that way. Yes. Like he is he's behaving in a way that was completely opposite to how he was behaving until that point. Except for the time when he was like, I don't love you because you need to be a, with a prince because I don't want kids and I don't want to ruin your life. <laughs> I know. But I, that's I just, his
1: decision to make. It is. Like, it's that it's that whole thing, you know, when you, when you have a, when you, like, it's, there's a constant, to get slightly political really quick, there's a constant thing where it's like, where people are saying, a woman goes to a doctor and goes, I want to get my tubes tied. I'm like, well, we're not going to do it right now because what if you change your mind later? Or maybe you just haven't met the right man yet. Or what does your husband say about this? And it's like, they don't get a say. You know, this is her choice to have her tubes tied. It's done with. They didn't have that in this time period, but he's decided, I don't want kids. And yes, maybe with some therapy and talking about it, he would decide, I do want kids. The bastard's dead and he can't control my life anymore. But her raping him is not the therapy he needs. No. And so- I would have preferred, I think I would have preferred that whole end scene with all the toxicity, or the the end scene, but the whole ending bit with all the toxicity, if either she had confronted him or he had found her in his dad's study, and you still have the blow up. And that's when you get the explanation that his can't have Mm -hmm. kids is a won't have kids. But to him, it's so ingrained, it's become a can't, not a won't.
0: So it's it's something that they communicate together rather than something she finds out.
1: No, I mean, I, th- I still think that if you want it to have an explosion mm. without the initial communication, either have her broach the subject without him expecting it, or have him find her in the office that she's not supposed to be in because he didn't want her to know because he doesn't want anyone to know, in which case he should have gotten rid of the letters, but that's besides the point. He's got a lot of trauma. And so I just think you could still have that ex- the explosion where she's now found out that his can't is a won't, even though to him, the won't is a can't. So I think you could still have this butting of the heads and this clashing of the minds. And I would have felt better about it that way.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough.
1: Mm. Plus, I think it would have started the unpacking process to have them actually just like vocalize to each other. The can't won't dichotomy there. Mm. Because I think that's your major thing is that she feels he lied. And he thinks... I've explained everything up to this point.
0: Slash, I've ruined her life.
1: Yes, a little bit. So that's, that's the Wesley take on it.
0: I feel like one reason we don't watch many TV series is because drama gets you annoyed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I take it really seriously. <laughs> I, I, I don't, that's not
0: a bad thing. I'm laughing, but it's really not a bad thing.
1: I, I, it, it, well, part of the reason why it took us so long to watch this show as I said, we started this back in November, December, maybe, and we didn't finish it till March. Yeah. So 10 episodes in four months, part of the reason is because I didn't want to watch multiple episodes in a run. I was not going to binge watch this show. I don't think I could binge watch this <laughs> show. <laughs> not because it's bad, but because I just, it's just how I react to these types of shows.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. You you need time to, like, process what's happened, and it's like, uh
1: Yeah. Mm. I watch I've- shows like this very empathetically. Yeah. Which is the complete opposite of how I watch an action show or anything.
0: I think that's why neither of us can really stand cringe humor is because we're too empathetic and we're like, oh no.
1: Oh no, I hate it. I hate oh. it. I, I don't like prank shows either. Oh no, I hate them. Yep, they're the worst. Except
0: for Japanese prank shoes- shows because they're really, really cute.
1: I like monitoring, but that's largely because it's usually it's it's slapstick. It's
0: slapstick or saccharine.
1: Yeah, but usually it's slapstick, and it's a lot easier to do slapstick. It's a lot easier for me to take slapstick humor because, again, that's more actiony than dramatic.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, because you're not hurting anyone's feelings; you're just throwing them in a pit. Yeah, and laughing at them. <laughs> yeah. Just just for some context, uh, the Japanese prank shows normally involve maybe getting someone on a stage and being like, you're going to be on this this show called First Take where you sing a song, and then halfway through the song they open a trap door and the person falls down and they go, ha ha ha, we weren't First Take, we're monitoring. Yeah. And, there, and or, the person goes, ah, damn it.
1: <laughs> or they convince a guy to go swimming, but they've given him trunks that dissolve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was really bad. Like, I felt bad for him.
1: Anyway. Um, and, then, and then
0: they gave him, give him another pair of...
1: And then that just holds- also. Yeah. <laughs> like, awesome? We're the worst and we're getting off subject. But yeah, yeah, so I think my final take on the show. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is part of my final take. I thoroughly enjoyed the show. As <laughs> a butt. There were a lot of butts in the show, just like asses galore. <laughs> At least one an episode. I mean, you had literal asses, you had characters making an ass of themselves, there was probably a donkey (laughs) when they were out in the countryside, just asses everywhere. (laughs) But no, so, thoroughly enjoy the show. Highly recommend people go watch it, if I haven't spoiled everything for you already. I think we have. I'm interested in watching season two, Mm. and I already know this is the case, so I'm glad for it. I don't want Daphne and the Duke to show up in season two. Their story is done. They are now demoted. They shouldn't even be like B tier. They should be- Hyacinth tier. Ouch. Like, like they should become one of the orbiters that you see occasionally because you can't just get rid of them entirely, I guess. They're part of the family still. But they are no longer the driving force. Her romance is done. She's out. The only time Daphne should come back to any play any sort of role is when you get to the Eloise season because... When Eloise makes her debut, she's going to be compared to Daphne all the time. And I think you're going to want a little bit of support there from the sister who's already gone and made it. I think you got some of that good in the first season before Daphne or before Eloise is kind of doing a pseudo debut at one of the balls. But I do think she should come back a little bit then to play off that dichotomy because I think that worked really well in the first season. I think swapping the roles where now Eloise has uh, has the more important role would be really good to see that again. But again, she shouldn't play a major character again. She's out. That's my review.
0: Awesome. I think it might take us even longer towards the next season. Excellent. (laughs) Just because I feel like I actually had to stop watching the second season between episodes because it was just...
1: The drama.
0: It was drama and there's way more cringe in the second one. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to put myself through it again. But hopefully season three will come out at some point. They haven't announced it while we were recording this, have they?
1: I don't know. Should we call this one here? Yeah. Excellent. Well, you can find us online on Twitter, at Annie Creative.
0: Well, actually, you can't. You can't? You can't, because we can't get on Twitter anymore. Because oh, Twitter's Twitter, dead. Twitter disconnected. Tweet deck. Tweet deck. Which means we can't actually tweet when we release episodes.
1: Twitter's dead. Find us on the website, AnnieBrosCreative.com.
0: Or on the the website at Annie annibros- creative.com <laughs> damn it we need a new outro yeah,
1: you can leave those messages there and we will respond to them we always like hearing what your take is on our bad takes
0: yeah yeah we do I do I do I've been Wesley and I've been Jen
1: Hi. bye